and thanks for joining us. I'm Ronnie. I'm Erica. And this is the Context and Color of the Bible podcast, where we're bringing back the context of scripture so we can add color to the black and white pages of the text. We're sisters. We love the Bible. We love teaching the Bible. We love talking about the Bible. And we love each other. Yeah, that is true. We have fun together. We do. And so we thought it would be fun to start a podcast and share with you what we're learning because there is no book out there mm-hmm. like the Bible. Yep. And we're going to spend time talking about it today and parables. <laughs> so thanks for joining us. Yes, thanks. And what's kind of cool is we're finding out we actually have listeners in other countries. Yes, that's been exciting. I was kind of excited because we found out there's a listener in Ghana. Ghana. Her name's Veronica Nelson. <laughs> yes, and that's your my name and my maiden name. Yeah. So hi, Veronica, if yes. you're listening, thanks <laughs> for joining us. Or any other Veronica. Yes. She found us on the Facebook group. Yeah. That's how we found out her. Yep. There's a, someone in France. Yes. Who faithfully listens every right. week. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> I probably slaughtered <laughs> I'm not even going to try. I took French in high school. Loved it. Which is kind of funny. I took French in high school because I loved, I loved the way it sounds. And then when I went to Israel to try to learn Hebrew, the professor would laugh because he said, I spoke Hebrew like a French person. Oh, funny. Yeah. He's like, you don't oh. sound English when you speak Hebrew, Erica. You sound French. Oh, well, there <laughs> so you go. apparently the Hebrew R's and the French R's have similarities, and I would do my R's more oh, like interesting. a French person. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. thanks for listening, yes. whoever you are. If- Yes, there's people closer. Yeah. We've got people in Washington State. Yep. Hello. Regularly listen. Yeah. I think I might know who some of them are. But yeah. it's fun just to see yeah. who's listening. You know, jump on the Facebook group. Yeah, we'd love to say the hi. Context and color of the Bible. And yeah. introduce yourself or just say, I listen. I you think know. you can even leave us a private message if you join that group. Oh, Can't sure. you? Probably. I don't know. Yeah. But it's just fun to yeah. know. Thanks for listening. Out there. Yep. Yes. All right, so we've talked about parables. Yeah. We've talked about, we just finished up the parable formerly known. <laughs> is the, the prodigal, prodigal son. son. Did you like that title when you saw it, Erica? Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. <laughs> and we did the Good Samaritan. Yep. And we did... What's the one we did last week? Oh, no. <laughs> oh the, um, the servant. The oh, unmerciful yeah, the servant. Ser- yes. Yeah. Good job. So Thanks. I'm glad Erica remembers what I taught. I am listening. <laughs> I know. But today, Erica, where are we in the Bible? We are in Matthew 22. All right, Matthew 22. And I yep. forgot my Bible, so I have Erica's teeny <clears throat> tiny print Bible. Guess we didn't talk about this beforehand, but what would you like me to read? <laughs> <laughs> well, I want you, first I want to acknowledge okay. this parable is found in Matthew 22 and Luke 14. Oh, but you're going to... I'm going to focus on the one in Matthew and mention a little bit about the one in Luke because they're semi-different. There are a few differences. Oh, interesting. But I think those differences are because of where Jesus is in his ministry in Matthew versus when time-wise he taught it. Time-wise geography-wise? Time-wise. Okay. In Luke. In Luke, he's, I think, more in the middle of his ministry. Okay. In Matthew, he's at the end. Like, this is the Holy Week. This is... The um, preparation for going to Jerusalem. Yeah, he's in Jerusalem. Okay. This is the last week. Passover's about to happen. Passover's about to happen. The cross. He's had the triumphal entry. So are you saying, Erica, that maybe one of these authors is not doing it in chronological order? 
Um, I don't think the Gospels are all of them in chronological order. Okay. That's not a Jewish... The Jewish people didn't need their stories in chronological order the way life we... events didn't happen <clears throat> yeah, in chronological no. order. <laughs> we think of life as a straight line. Yes. You're born, you have events, you die. In the in the east Middle Eastern mindset, life is a circle. Okay. You live and you die, and within that circle are all these events that make up who you are. And so sometimes in order to tell a good story, you can play with where the events happen. Okay. To get across the point of your story. So the event really happened, but you may move it up a little or break it down a little bit more. Okay. So it's kind of like when you're watching a good movie or TV show. Sometimes you have a flashback. Yes. Because yes. it actually helps set you yes. up. Yes. So where we're going, you need this information. Yes. So that might be what the authors are doing. They're crafting Sometimes, a story. Yes. That happens in Exodus. Specifically okay. at one point. I don't think this is a flashback. Okay. I think Jesus... I mean, I think as a pastor, they have illustrations, and sometimes they use those illustrations more than once. Oh, that's true. I have illustrations I've used more than once that's in my true. teaching. And so I think rabbis were no different. They would have these stories, and you can craft the story specifically for this purpose, and okay. then you bring the story back out again here in this context. Okay. So I think I think that's what's happening here. So Jesus could have taught this story twice. I Yeah. Okay. I have no problem good... saying he taught it twice. Okay. Yeah. Why point. not? Sure. I mean, it's why a good have to, story. Yeah. Why do you have to keep reinventing <laughs> right. the wheel? Right. Okay. So I would say if you find, you know, one gospel has a parable in this context written this way, and then another gospel has a parable, that same parable, but in a different context written a different way, maybe it's not a mistake. Okay. Maybe Jesus really was saying Using the same parable in two different contexts, be the detective. Figure out why it's in there. Right. Why are they different? What is Jesus trying to communicate in each context? Okay. So, so. if you're learning how to study the Bible, yeah, that would be yeah one of the things you do. You never assume, because a lot of people, oh, the Bible's full of mistakes. Never assume it's a mistake. Right. This Ass- book is amazing. Right. Assume God had it planned that way. Right. For a purpose. Right. The Your ra- job right. is to figure that yes. out. Yes. Yes. Okay. The rabbis have a saying, God does not waste ink. If it's in there, it's in there for a reason. Even the begats. Even the begats. <laughs> My husband did a teaching on the begats. So yes. that was quite entertaining. Maybe one day we'll have him come do We that. should. It was a really good teaching, I know. Actually. I have a couple ones I want him to come on. and. It was fascinating. Special guest. Yes. Do some teaching. All yeah. right. But so you're having us in Matthew. Yeah. But it is also in Luke. Yeah. All right. Would you like me to read? Well, first, before you read it. No. (laughs) Yes. Sorry. (laughs) I just want to add a little more context. Okay. So this is the week before he's going to the cross. Okay. He's in the temple daily teaching, doing miracles, and he is under a lot of scrutiny. So he's in Jerusalem. He's in Jerusalem. And all the Jews. Coming into town for Passover. Right. Because that's one of the three feasts. God commands the men to come in. Yeah. And so that was a big deal. So it's yeah. not just it's the not locals. just a regular day in the locals. Right. It is inundated right. with Jews. And everyone, this is the time to see your relatives and your family. Right. It was a very festive, exciting time as yeah. you celebrated what God did and as you waited for God to do it again. Okay. You set us free from Egypt, Lord, now set us free from Rome. Oh, yeah. And they were waiting for the Messiah to come who would lead them. Okay. So you've got this crowd, this massive amount of people, and like Jerusalem would go from 
one million inhabitants to like several million. I okay. mean, it would explode with people over Passover. And I may have my numbers wrong, but a, like, but the it was point that is, idea. It was a big explosion. Yeah, it was of a people. big explosion. It wasn't like a hundred people. No, came to town. it was huge. Okay. Right. And more you than doubled in size. Okay. Yeah. So you've got this massive amount of people. Everybody wants to hear this new rabbi. He's exciting. He's in town. He's doing miracles. Maybe he's the Messiah. We don't know. And then you've got the priesthood. Okay. And the priesthood at this time had basically been taken over by Rome. Okay. Somewhat. They were the ones choosing the high priest. But they're still the priests are still Jews. The priests were still Jews. But they're being influenced. They totally sold themselves out to Rome. Okay. Not every priest. Obviously, like Zechariah, right. the father of John the Baptist, was a, a legitimate, good, righteous priest. Was Nicodemus a priest? No. Okay. That's he was in the Sanhedrin, though. Oh, that's right. Okay. But um, the high priest and his cronies were extremely corrupt. Think okay. mafia. Okay. They ran the temple for money, for power, extortion. Personal gain. Per- total personal gain. They got the high priesthood, this family, Caiaphas and Ananias. That family got it through bribery. Okay. And they kept it through bribery and punishment. And they were, I mean, they were horrible, wicked people. And so these are, this is the high priest of the temple. And they were, they were uh, part of the group called Sadducees. They really didn't believe in life after death, so all that mattered is the here and now. And the here and now means hooking up with Rome because they keep us in power and we keep everybody sort of happy so that we don't revolt against Rome. And all of a sudden, you've got this new rabbi on the scene who's making waves. Okay. You know, this new Messiah, he might come and Rome might crack down on us. Well, we don't like that. So he's kind of a troublemaker. He's kind of a troublemaker. He's ruining our status quo and our yes. happy place we have with Rome right now. Yes. Nobody else is very happy with it, but we're doing well. And they're leaving us alone. Right. We're getting benefits. They're getting benefits. Right. And right. nobody rocked the boat. Right. And Jesus rocked the boat. Not ever intentionally. He always downplayed his messiahship. Right. But, even but his, his mere presence mm-hmm. would rock the boat. Okay. And so you have this massive crowd of people that love him, and you have this very powerful group that hates him. And Jesus is very aware of all these undercurrents going around him. You know, he obviously chose the temple. He loved the temple, Mm -hmm. and he chose it deliberately knowing his teaching was going to be thrown in their faces. Right. He wasn't hiding from the people who hated him. He was almost bringing the fight to them. Right. You hate me, so I'm going to come into your territory. <laughs> Game on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's the is context. That yes, sorry. Now, would you like <laughs> me to yes. read it? Could you read the first four verses? Yes. Matthew 22. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. They didn't. Well, first, did you catch that classic intro? Veronica. The kingdom of heaven is like, like it was yes. actually. I was like, oh, oh, I really should say something. 
But no. I won't because we have a whole podcast on the kingdom of heaven. Right. So go back and listen to that one. Yep. But just that's the parable right. intro. Okay. You know, once upon it a time. It kind of sets the stage. Yep. Every, all the audience knows yep. what we're going to talk about. Right. Okay. And back then, invitations weren't sent out like they are today, where you didn't have a, hey, we're going to have a wedding June 1st at 5 p.m. Okay. It was like a, months in advance. Right. Because you didn't know when the wedding was going to happen because the father of the groom oh. is the one who said, okay, we're ready. Now and we'll have the wedding. it was more spontaneous. It was a lot more spontaneous. You knew it was coming. Yes. But you didn't know the actual day and time. Right. Okay. But at the same, so you can appreciate their surprise. Oh, we didn't yes. know it was today. I was kind of busy today. Yeah. But at the same time. A feast like this would take at least a few days to prep for. So people would be talking. You'd have all the food being made. You'd have, you know, especially for a king's son, you'd have entertainment. So you'd have people arriving. You would see the activity and the preparation and going, oh, we're getting closer. Because you wouldn't just kill that calf yet. Yes. I saw them bringing it. You know that really good calf that they had marked off? Yes. It's gone. Yes. You would see activity and preparation. Yes. And it would get more chaotic probably and yes. busier. So you would know it's yes. getting close. It's yes. getting close. You don't know exactly when, but there are signs you telling would know you it's coming. You know in the next couple of days. Yes. It's like birth. Yes. Labor pains. Yes. Exactly. You, know, you don't know most people, unless you get the joy of having a scheduled <laughs> birth. <laughs> yes. But most people don't just know happens. when it's coming. Right. But you know what's going to Right. Precede it. Right. You have an idea. It should yes. be coming pretty soon. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's the concept that, okay. yes, I don't know exactly when, but there are signs telling me it's coming. Get ready. Right. Okay. So that's where we are with this. That's where we are with this. Okay. Yeah. Would you like okay. me to keep reading? Five through seven. Okay. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants mistreated them and killed them the king was enraged he sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their cities wow yeah <laughs> i hadn't looked ahead <laughs> yeah not what i was expecting that's one of the reasons i chose this parable because i didn't understand it like what in the heck yeah. is going on luke if you read this parable in luke he gives these people actual excuses I would, that's what I was actually waiting for. It was like, wait, I thought someone was like, I right. just got a cow. I just bought a field. Right. I just took a wife. That's the one in Luke. Okay. Because this one really was like, whoa, they just jumped into murder. Right. Okay. Right. And this one, Jesus doesn't give them. Essentially, he... he's saying there is no excuse. They're being okay. rude. And not then they go from rude to cruel. Because mm-hmm. what do they do to the messenger? They beat him. And even... And then killed him. Yeah. They like, mistreated him and then killed them. Yeah. Totally unreasonable. This man's inviting you to a <laughs> banquet and you kill him? Like, it doesn't make sense. Right. And so they have insulted their king. In treating... Did they insult him when they first said no or now? Yes. Secondly. The first time they said no was an insult. Okay. And now they've heaped on. <laughs> no, they've added to they've the insult. They've added to the insult. Okay. And then so the king comes and he has to respond. 
Oh, so this is more of the faster version. Right, exactly. <laughs> we're just getting right to, right. we're insulted. And so the audience would have known this was an insult. Oh, yeah, this total shame. So where we're a little confused, right. they would know automatically, you don't, you don't do this. You don't say no. Right. And you don't say no a second time. And you don't hurt the king's messenger right. <laughs> for inviting you to a banquet. Right, okay. Right, so they are very aware of how rude the guests have been. Okay. And they're probably not too horrified at the king's response. His response is swift. You would expect a king. A response. Because I'm the king. I deserve, I command respect and authority. Right. And if you disrespect me, I have to deal with it. I have to deal with it. You have just dishonored my name. Right. And so to restore my honor, I have to deal with this dishonor. Okay. And so the king comes. And what does he do to the city, Veronica? He sent his army, and then he destroyed the murders and burned the city. Right. I mean, it sounds like a complete, total judgment. Right. Justice. I don't think that happens in the Luke version. Okay. Because I think this is showing you this is where Jesus is in his ministry. He is coming to the end of his time with these people. And he is obviously very aware of what's going to happen in the next few days. What does the corrupt high priest do? He takes the messenger, treats him cruelly, and then has him put to death. Oh, okay. So let's go, Erica, with the kingdom of heaven is like, well, who's the king in the kingdom of heaven? Right. It would be God. And so then, am I jumping ahead in your notes? No, no, that's fine. I'm trying to connect some dots for our listeners. But so the kingdom of heaven... It's always about God. God's the king. So he sends his messenger. So the messenger is Jesus. And what's about to happen to Jesus? He's about to be They put seized to him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so. So then the king gets to turn around and destroy their city. Which. In 70 AD. Is exactly what happens. <laughs> For more reasons than just this. Right. I think it has more to do with just this. Right. But I think. In 70 AD, the Romans come through and they destroy the temple. Mm -hmm. They decimate the priesthood and they wipe out the Sadducees. Sadducees do not survive. Oh, yeah. The destruction of the temple and Jerusalem is like leveled, leveled, not completely, but it is decimated. And so many of the Jewish people are put to death or taken into slavery. It's just heart wrenching. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Jesus loved the temple, he loved Jerusalem, and he wept that it would one day be destroyed. So he knew what was coming, and I think Mm. this is his way of reaching out to the high priest Mm -hmm. and his way of reaching out to this corrupt group and saying, turn back, repent. Do you not see what's coming? Mm -hmm. You think you've sided with Rome, but you've just opened the door Mm -hmm. to destruction. So please repent so this doesn't happen. I think... In this parable, he's reaching out a hand to the high priest and his cronies. Okay. Well, Erica, it kind of makes me think of David when he sins with Bathsheba, that Nathan the prophet comes and he doesn't directly confront him. Right. He starts with a story that appeals to David's emotions. And gets him in. Gets him in and then is able to go, ha ha, it was you, David. So you kind of go, okay, maybe Jesus was trying to, okay, here's a good story. Let me get you emotionally involved Mm -hmm. and then be able to turn it and say right okay priests it's you Mm -hmm. would that be a good thought yeah i think that's great yeah because stories get behind 
that little defensive yes. guy in our brain that says, don't listen, be careful. Stories always get past that. Right. And so I think I think that's a perfect way to explain okay. it, Veronica. He's trying to get to their heart. Mm-hmm. Listen, repent, turn, so you don't have this destruction. Mm-hmm. But they don't. Mm-hmm. But then Jesus turns and the rest of the parable goes, okay, I'm talking to the religious leaders, but now it's time to go to the layman on the street. Before you get too high and mighty, ha, right. ha, ha, you're going to get yours. is it possible that the regular lay people in Jerusalem saw the corruption in the priesthood? Oh, they totally knew the it was priesthood. corrupt. Yeah. I mean, they, they, saw, they, they were knew. tracking with. Oh, yeah. That might be, yes, Jesus, you tell them. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. They were very aware of the high okay. priest and how corrupt he was. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't like, oh, you're attacking. Right. It's probably like, you know, the priests that are good and right. you can trust and you know the ones you can't. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Would you like me to keep reading, Erica? Yes, please. Eight through... Ten. Ten? Mm-hmm. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out to the streets and gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. So this is a shame-based society, and now the king has been put to shame. Oh yeah, he spent all this time and money preparing, right? and now I have nobody to come. Exactly. And so, yes, in one sense, he's reclaimed son of his honor by judgment. Right. And the king's judgment is hard, but it's not cruel. You have to it's, understand it's that. It's just. It's just. It was deserved. It was deserved. It was a fair yes. Yes. consequence yes. to their actions. So this king, though, has to reclaim some of that honor back on top of it. And so he has a plan. And you can't see this king as, oh, what am I going to do? I'm losing control. No, he's in complete control. Okay. He's, not, um, he's not desperate as much as he is generous at this point. Oh, okay. And so he has a plan. He knows I have a party planned. Right. I'm going to have a party. Okay. Right. So he knows exactly what to do. He goes out and he invites people that could never repay him. Oh. They can never invite him over to their house for a feast. They could never give him money to pay him back. These are people that can't even return any favors. But even with that, he's still reclaiming his honor, his generosity. Did you, you know, it's kind of like that unmerciful servant. Mm -hmm. Did you hear about the king who gave a party and invited all the people who didn't deserve it? All those people who never would have gotten a chance. Yes. You're still getting out your good, generous, kind, compassionate attitude. His honor Mm -hmm. bank has just like Mm -hmm. exploded now. His reputation of his name would go up. Right. Because look how amazing this king is. And then it makes the guys who said no to him. Right. Even worse. Even worse. Because who can say no to such an amazing, generous king? Right. Right. How, why would you have right. done that? Right. Okay. Um, the king, now the good people, because it says, goes out, I think it says the good and the bad, right? They could find both good and bad, yeah. So it was kind of like, who's ever on the street? Exactly. <laughs> I don't care who you are. Right. Just bring you them get in. one. You get one. You get one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the good people, I think, in this parable would signify those who obey the Torah, okay. those who are attending synagogue, who are desiring to live according to the covenant. Okay. The bad people would be the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the sinners. Those okay. people who are totally outside of the covenant have nothing to do with the God of Israel, though they know about him. Right. 
Those people are also invited. Okay. Into the banquet. Okay. And so there's no discrimination. There's no distinction. Not in the invitation, no. Right. It's everyone. Everybody is invited. Okay. Completely inclusive. Okay. Yeah, that's the word. Inclusive. Yeah. And it would be easy if Jesus stopped the parable here to say, great. It'd be kind of nice. Yeah, nothing I do matters. Once I've accepted the invitation, I'm in, got my ticket to heaven. I'm good. But Jesus is the ultimate teacher. And he has one last twist to throw at his listeners and at us to go, oh, contraire (laughs) before you get too excited (laughs) let's just finish the parable okay verse 11 but when the king came in to see the guests he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes friend he asked how did you get in here without wedding clothes the man was speechless then the king told the attendants tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's another one where you go, I don't get it. Yeah, I didn't get it either. Until I learned that the rabbis portrayed life after death as a banquet. I love that idea. Erica. I know. I was like, shoot, count me in. I, I love to we eat. Get to eat. Seriously. <laughs> and so to them, Eternity will be a feast. Okay. But, and you see this, this is a very common rabbinic idea, but you see it, Jesus talks about sitting at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom oh, of heaven. Yeah. He says that, I think, Matthew 9. Uh, yeah, 8 or 9. Um, and in Revelation, how yep. does John describe the events after death? Like the wedding feast of the Lamb. Mm-hmm. So this is a very Jewish idea. In eternity, we're going to be invited to the wedding banquet. Well, and even with that, in their own culture, they have table fellowship. Yes. You eating was more than just sitting down to consume yes. calories. You ate with friends. You ate with friends. You did not eat with your enemies. Nope. And when you ate with someone, there was a mutual trust. Yes. A mutual acceptance. And oftentimes you did see when there was conflict. Mm-hmm. That when they the two parties came together and yeah. had restoration, yeah. they had a feast together. Yep. Jacob it, and Laban. Yep. There's an idea of if we're eating together, the past is in the past. Yep. We are coming together, all is forgiven. Yep. And we are starting new. Yep. So to have a to have to continue that idea of a wedding yeah. feast then, okay. Yeah. We are in mutual agreement. There's a relationship yes, here. Right standing with each right. other. Right. And you're still obviously the king. Right. But we're allowed to eat right. at your table now. And so I think Jesus' listeners would have begun to recognize, oh, we're in eternity. Okay. That, that would have been a common idea for them. You know, to us, if we draw people in the clouds. Right. You know, with wings and a heart. Right. We immediately, okay, they're in eternity. They right. dead. They Curly gates. Right. <laughs> but for them, it would have been a, a wedding banquet, a okay. feast with a king. They would recognize that picture mm-hmm. and be to go, oh, they're in eternity. But what happens at that wedding feast? The king sees who? Someone who was not dressed right. Right. And so <laughs> it's not exactly huge in our culture in America, if you're dressed inappropriately, but let's say you went to the wedding of, oh, Prince William. Oh. That happened how they many years ago? They were dressed. To the nines. Yes. Like, Even Harry and Meghan's. Yes. They were still, I mean, there's a certain expectation. Yes. I know hats is like 
a big deal. And three-piece suits. and Yes. You were not just going to show up buying some... Jeans and a t-shirt. $20 shirt right. you got. Right. Or a cowboy hat. Store. Yes. You were going to be dressed appropriately. Right. And I don't care if you were their best friend. Right. If you came if dressed... You were invited. Right. You, you would, dressed. Right. So the king, it was the same back then. Even the poor person was expected. If you were invited to something like this, you would have put on the best you had or borrowed your neighbor's best okay. to dress appropriately to honor your king. And your neighbor would have been willing to give you yes. those clothes because yes. they knew the societal right. expectations. Right. Okay. And so the king sees somebody who's not wearing their best. Okay. And the king legitimate, and somehow the king's able to tell. Right. Obviously, as a poor person, you didn't have an amazing outfit. But somehow, you must have had something you could do to differentiate. Right. This is appropriate. This is not. Right. And the king sees someone who's not dressed appropriately, and he asks him why not. And what's the man's response? He was speechless. He was speechless. Now, the king is being very gracious here. He right? could have just immediately, like, that's it, buddy. You're out. But, well, maybe you gave your clothes to someone poorer than you. To help them dress more appropriately. Okay. So you don't have anything left. Maybe. Let me find out your motivation and what's right. going on here. Because maybe you have a legitimate reason. But the man doesn't have a reason. Maybe he was too lazy. Maybe he didn't care. Right. We don't know. Jesus doesn't give him. So you're left to think worst case scenario. Right. In eternity, the rabbi said, the good deeds you do on earth are clothing in eternity. Ah. Your good deeds here on earth, you will wear in eternity. <laughs> so if I want to look really nice, start being a lot nicer. Exactly. <laughs> you are, that seems a little like... <laughs> you are preparing for eternity. Okay. And so if this man is dressed inappropriately, what does that mean? He didn't ever do anything. He didn't do anything. He didn't have beforehand. those good deeds. Right. And so he gets thrown out. Now here's the thing. There's no second chance. But think about it. Wait a second. And he, you know, you're clothed in, I, what is it? Titus 2, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. Clothed in compassion, humility, kindness, gentleness, patience. Mm-hmm. I'm totally blanking right now on the rest of it. But the idea of... Clothing yourself with... Yes, with those... I'm trying to quickly find Titus and it's not... It's one of those days where you can't find them. I know. But the idea of right. your, your character traits Matters. clothes mm-hmm. you. Which then, okay, if those are my character traits, it's because that's how I act. Right. You know, if I am clothed in compassion, it's because I am a compassionate person. Right. If I'm clothed in kindness, it's because I show kindness. Right. So that does fit then with your actions and your attitude matter. Right. Your deeds matter. Right, exactly. And I love the way Dwight Pryor, that old uh, Bible teacher who's no longer with us, used to say loved him. Uh, There's nothing you can do. How does he put it? There's nothing you can do to earn salvation, mm-hmm. but there's much you are called to do after you've been saved. And I think Jesus is here saying that exact same thing. Like before you get too high and mighty on the religious leaders, right. you need to recognize you can still get kicked out. Right. You still have a part to play in this. Yes, that invitation is open to everyone. It doesn't matter whether you're conservative or liberal. It doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor, blind, lame, healthy, sick, whatever your color, whatever your race, whatever. Wherever you are in life and in this world. Yes, you are invited to this amazing feast. But here's the thing. Once you accept the invitation, you live like it. 
Yes. You don't get to then say, okay, I've got it. I'm good. I can live however I want. No, your deeds matter to the king. Mm -hmm. He wants you to live like his kingdom, like his subject. And therefore, your good deeds are important to God. Do they save you? No. But that's not the point. But you were already, in a way, you weren't sa- you weren't saved to get the invitation. Right. You know, you were invited to the wedding banquet. Right. But, so now dress like it. Right, exactly. Dress you like it. You didn't have to right. dress like it to get the invitation. Right. But once you accept the invitation, now it's expected you'll dress appropriately okay. for it. Okay. And can I yeah. just say, it was not Titus. Oh. It was Colossians 3, 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. There. There you that go. Good it. job. Thanks. One commentary, and I loved the way he put it, said, To be poor and an outcast may well put one in a good position to respond to Jesus' proclamation of the kingdom. But Jesus expects the poor and downcast to live lives worthy of the lamb who was slain. Yeah, because it doesn't, who you are, how much. Doesn't matter to God. How many dollar signs you have doesn't matter. But how you live Mm -hmm. does. You know, Mm -hmm. so I think you can say yes. Because then it puts us all on an even par. Yes. Because a poor person can be just as kind as a wealthy person. Right. Kindness doesn't need money. Right. It needs a heart. Or even the correct country I live in. Or the right government I live under. Yeah. You can, in your own way, show that you haven't been invited and accepted the wedding invitation of the king. Yeah. It's not... Right. It's not exclusive in that way of just people who are like me. Right. I'm called to be kind to everyone. Right. Now, that doesn't mean a doormat. The king was not a doormat. He threw the man out. There was no second, third, fourth invitation. But there was a chance to say. There was a chance. Right. So is this this the call to people? Is this your chance? Yeah. We don't know what tomorrow holds. Right. Is this the chance? Is the king standing before you going, how are you dressed? Right. How are you going to be dressed when you enter my presence in eternity one day? Mm -hmm. And are you going to stay at the wedding banquet or are you going to get kicked out? Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think you can get kicked out of heaven. (laughs) That's not the point. (laughs) So please don't take me there. So often, though, it's like, well, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it later. Right. And it's like, no, right here and now, right. as mad as I am at that person who cut me yep. off, as frustrated as I am, if it's yep. just technology just is not going my way today and I'm just going to take it out on the poor person on the other end of the phone. Right. Or the person at the store who actually did nothing. I just was having a bad day. Or my spouse or my boss right. or coworkers. I often pick on my spouse. So I was trying right. to find other right. examples. <laughs> right. But just right. it matters today. Yep. It matters right now. What am I, what are my clothing, my clothes right. representing? Right. Are they showing I've accepted the mm-hmm. invitation and I'm going to be at that wedding banquet? Because mm-hmm. I want to look good. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I do not want to be naked. <laughs> I know. I mean, I like. Yeah. yeah. That feels more tangible. It feels more, okay, I can do this. Right. It's not a long term. Okay, for the rest of my life, I have to be perfect, sinless, that's not what Jesus is saying. No, That's not what it's any okay. of them say. Right now in this moment. Right. And when I mess up, mm-hmm. apologize, ask forgiveness, repent. Right, because I'm still putting it on. Right. I like that idea. Right. Today. Yes. Can I follow my king today? Right today. now. <laughs> right now. Forget today. Just right, right now. now. This moment. Mm-hmm. You know, in Deuteronomy, Moses says over and over again to the children of Israel, choose you today. Yep. Today I've set before you. Today. 
And they said, well, the reason he kept saying today is because he wanted you to know every day. You right. have to choose every day. Who am I going to serve? Well, and I tell my kids too all the time of what you do today sets up what you're going to do tomorrow. Yes, so true. You know, if I know today you've obeyed mm-hmm. and you've acted this way and you've chosen to live in covenant with God, yeah. chances are tomorrow you'll do it too. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I love the idea of a feast because that actually comes into play next time. next week. It's just, yeah. it's a good picture. Yeah. Who's at that wedding banquet? Because we're so often, it's like, oh, who's in, who's out. Right. But I like the idea of a wedding banquet. I like to eat. <laughs> I know <laughs> that too. I like good food. <laughs> that too. So, thanks for joining us. Yeah. You know, jump on the Context and Color of the Bible Facebook page. Facebook page. Tell us maybe how you've clothed yourself. Yeah, what are some today? good deeds that you've been able to do? Right, not like to pat yourself on the back, but right. just to say, hey, I chose today to put on this clothing when I really didn't want to. Right. Or maybe you've got other verses that jumped out, like oh yeah, like Colossians three did to me. <laughs> yeah. so I thought yes. it was Titus too. That's all right. But or how do you see? Um, how do you picture that banquet? Oh yeah. What food do you want? Yes. That banquet? <laughs> Chocolate. <laughs> yes. But we hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, share, share this. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Yeah. Um, it just helps get this word out because the whole idea is we want to bring glory to God. Yeah. We want to help people to see and know why we have such an amazing God. Yeah. It's really not about us. It's about going, you know what? We have a God who loves us so much. He's worth talking about and getting excited about. And his word is amazing. Yes. And so as you see these things, we're hoping you're sharing it with people around you. Yeah. But all right. Thanks. Have a good day. Bye.